Welcome to Powwow Live Podcast from powwows.com, connecting you with native culture since 1996. Here's your host, Paul Gowder. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Powwow Live Podcast. I am Paul Gowder from powwows.com. Thank you again for being here. To all of those out there that have found us through Facebook, we really appreciate Facebook promoting the podcast, and it's awesome. But don't miss an episode. You know how Facebook is? Hey, they just went down this week for a whole day, and you never know what the formulas are going to show you and the algorithms and all that. So make sure you head over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or any of the other podcast platforms and hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode of the Powwow Life podcast. Don't miss out on your chance to win one of the powwows.com's prize pack with our stickers and other goodies. Listen to the end of the episode for this week's trivia question. Last week's question was, who was the last Miss Indian world that served two years because of the pandemic? Each year, Gathering of Nations crowns a Miss Indian world, and right now, the, the title is actually vacant because she served two years, and they decided to end her term, and we'll just crown a new one at the 2022 Gathering of Nations. But that person is Cheyenne Kippenberger from the Seminole Tribe of Florida, she was a fantastic Miss Indian World and was a wonderful ambassador to tribes all over the country. And even during the pandemic, she was an incredible ambassador for us. All right, so that's last week's question. Don't forget to stay tuned to the end of this episode for another question. I want to say a special thanks to, to all of you who joined us at the Morongo live stream. Oh, it was so good to be back at a powwow. I waited two years to be back. Thank you all to if you came out and you participated online and watched and jumped in the chat and talked to us. It was fantastic to see you all. We'll have more of those coming soon. Um, not too many more this year. We do have one in December, but 2022, hopefully we'll be back streaming even more powwow. So I hope to see you online. You can find out more about those. by visiting www.powwows.com slash watch live. I am really excited for this week's guest. You know him from the Black Eyed Peas and, of course, his um, work with Standing Rock and other issues all over Indian country. Um, I was super excited that he was able to spend some time with me and talk a little bit about what he's got going on and all the issues he's he's been helping out with and uh, kind of his background and all. So, here is my interview with Taboo from the Black Eyed Peas. Special guest today needs no introduction, but he, let's see, he's an activist, a pop star, a Grammy Award winner, songwriter, actor. His band had the number one and number two song at the same time. He's a comic book creator, a cancer survivor, and now a children's book author. Taboo, thank you so much for spending some time with me. Thank you, man. Most of all, I'm just proud to be Jamie's husband and you know, father <laughs> to my kids, brother. With the, when it's all said and done, I'm just a husband and a father, and I'm very humbled and very proud to be on, on your show. Uh, thank you. And yeah, that's that's my favorite thing, too, is uh, being a dad is uh, something I, I knew I wanted to do, but you never know how great it is until you get to do it. Um, oh, man, it's such a it's such a blessing because like, you know, just to jump right in. Yeah. You know, I feel like uh, my professional career has been such a, an amazing journey. 
But, you know, life as a father, as a husband, um, has been an even better journey just because of the everyday being present, being available to, to see the kids grow on a daily basis, you know, and, and even now with what happened with the pandemic last year, I got to spend every waking hour, every minute with my daughter, who's now five. Um, and prior to me, um, you know, back in the early beginnings of Black Eyed Peas, uh, I sacrificed being away from my oldest son, Josh, so that I can provide a, a, a stable lifestyle for him. And now he's like 28 years old. So, you know, just the the beauty of being present and available right now in this point of my kid's life is such a blessing. And that's why I never take it for granted, man. Yeah, it, the pandemic, it changed a lot of things, but I, I will always be thankful for the, for the same thing. Um, I got to work at home some. Um, my daughter and I, we, we I, I took up playing disc golf and we went, it was like two months, we went every day together and played. Um, and that's time I'll never, you know, I, I won't ever trade that for anything. So, um, well, and, and so, all right, speaking of your kids, um, and, you know, you, you have been active in so many different things, whether it's the American Cancer Society or Standing Rock, and you really speak out on some of these issues. Where did that come for you? And, and how are you uh, teaching that to your kids? That came from my grandmother. My grandmother was the matriarch of my tribe. You know, that's why I wear this shirt with pride, um, you know, to let folks know that strong, proud, difficult, um, excuse me, proud, sorry, <laughs> strong, proud, beautiful Native women. Uh, my grandmother was that person to me. Um, and she was the matriarch of my tribe. She inspired me to be the person that I am today. Uh, she was my hero without a cape. She was my superhero, man. You know, everybody... Um, always goes to superheroes or people that were um, on television. My grandmother was that person for me. So she urged uh, the, the essence of performing, dancing. She encouraged it. She gave me the blessing of being able to, to always know that she was the person, the motivation to go after my dreams and aspirations when others were like, Oh, you know, you need, to get a job, you need to do this, that, that, and the third. My grandma was like, no, if you want to be a performer, you step on that stage and you be the best version of you. So um, within that performance aspect, she also was big on giving back and utilizing, you know, her gifts as a person that was always being of service, sometimes to her own detriment. You know, she was a proud Native woman from Jerome, Arizona, and she would put a lot of people before her health, before herself. So I kind of got that um, that idea of how I can be of service and help others after I survived cancer, you know, cause I had a, a strong, uh, willed mind that came from my grandmother's, her, her heart and her essence. And after I beat cancer in 2014, like I said to myself, I surrender my ego. I surrender everything that is about me. Now I want to make it about we and how I could be a service to us. That's awesome. That is really cool. And, you know, one of the things, we we followed you on palace.com for a long time and not that this is a bad thing, but you see a lot of celebrities, you know, they, they, they make donations or whatever, but you've chosen, you really get involved with these issues. I mean, you were, you were there at standing rock. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you, you've really gotten an active role. Um, that to me that I just want to say, thank you. That it's awesome to see that people take that kind of active role, um, and really help, like you said, really, um, take that spirit that you've been taught and really hand that down. That's, that's awesome. Um, and so let's, let's go. I, I'm gonna, 
Pal- on Palace.com, we have an article about the Standing Rock thing. And it's one of the most popular articles on our site for years. So I do have to ask you some, you know, about that. Where did, where did the song that you did for that, that you want to, you know, VMA for, where did that all come from? I know you had a it collaboration with heart, several people. It, yeah. it came from my heart, honestly. Like I, I felt like I needed to do something um, and utilize my strength as a musician, as an artist, but most of all, as a native, you know, being able to use my platform and my bridge in art and music so that I can amplify what was happening at Standing Rock, so that I can uplift the spirits of the water protectors and every indigenous person from the U.S. all the way around the world, because I'm all about activating and being, uh, uh, I guess you can say, being a voice for indigenous people around the world. It's not just in the U.S., it's not just in Canada, but actually going to Brazil and Australia and all these different regions where we have indigenous people as well. Um, And that essence just came from from my heart. And when I brought the Mag 7 together, all the seven MCs, MC1, uh, Dreesus, uh, Doc and Spence, um, Superman, uh, PJ Vegas from the Redbone family, you know, my verse, the female that was rapping on that, she's Taino and, and, and uh, Latina. So for me, it was like just being able to get back once again and use my strength as, a, as an artist. And when we got nominated, dude, we never expected. We It was not for monetary gain. This was not our, what we expected. We didn't want to sell the song. That's why you can't get on Spotify or any platforms because we said to ourselves, we're just contributing. And the fact that I went to Standing Rock and I stood in solidarity with a lot of the the relatives and allies was just me as Jimmy Gomez, not taboo from the black eyed peas. It was just something that my grandmother would have urged once again, urgency to be at Standing Rock, to stand in solidarity, to use whatever, uh, blessings of being a voice that I can. And it was part of my healing process too, man, just to be quite frank and honest with you. I had just beat cancer in 2014. So I was finding a way to reconnect with my roots. And fortunately it led me to standing rock. And it was part of like this amazing resurgence of me connecting with my roots, but also like feeling like I was having more life, instilled in me and more life, more breath that I had when I went to the camp and I saw the the sacred circle and we started praying together and we started chanting together. It was just like, it, it was a, it was like a calling, a, a, a higher purpose for me. And that's why I got involved with so many other things um, besides Standing Rock, Indigenous Peoples Day in Los Angeles. I went to the Native Nations March and anything that I could be a voice and attach myself to on, without a, there was no motive. It was just being of service. Like that was it. I didn't want anything in return. It wasn't for the Instagram. It wasn't for Twitter or for YouTube. It was just to be there because I felt like that was my calling. And the blessing was people really gravitated to it. And people were like, yo, dude, like he's, he's super proud and he's going to be an advocate for us and, and utilize his, his uh, big megaphone as a black IP and amplify indigenous people all over the world. Yeah. And there were so many things that good things that came out of Standing Rock, even though, you know, it was an issue that still needs to be addressed. Of course. Um, I, I hope that at some point we can all remember that that unity we had and that that feeling of everybody. Being oh, dirty, man. We, man, we need it right now. Um, it, we, I feel so divided right now. I, I hope everybody can at some point rekindle that. Well, can, can I just interject on yeah. that? idea you know we've had some moments of momentum i like when people say oh this is a moment no it's actually momentum for the movement of 
indigenous people coming together and, and utilizing the arts. Like, for example, we have an amazing, amazing content on Hulu called Res Dogs. Yes. Sterling yeah. Harjo, that, that guy is, is, is a blessing to Indian country. Taika uh, Watiki, 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 right? Taika? Yeah, yeah. Taika is a blessing too, man. That's, that's my guy. Like, I feel like he... I, what he did at the at the Oscars when he um, shined the light on indigenous people and indigenous representation in mainstream media, that was a blessing for all of us. You know, even Rutherford Falls and seeing what Jan is doing and, and you know, there's momentum. Uh, even what I'm doing with, with Marvel Comics, dude, like they're giving me a platform to be able to, to collaborate with amazing geniuses like Jeffrey Varegi, who's been with Marvel as an illustrator. He's a native kid. It's been with Marvel for five years and now he's getting his proper due. So it's just shining the light on amazing native uh, artists, uh, creatives and people who are contributing on a massive scale so that we can shine the light in, on Indian country. So yeah. that's a connection right there. Even though you feel divided, I see signs of connectivity and people getting connected and, and utilizing uh, a modern day tale of Indian country and changing the narrative of what Hollywood always perceives us at. We're not monolithic, right? We're not monolithic right. at all. It's not, it's, it's something that's been such a stereotype and so uh, hyperimposed in Hollywood. And I'm glad that people are, you know, writers, storytellers, directors, producers are all coming together so that we can change that narrative and give you, you know, a modern day tale, but still yeah. represent Indian country. Yeah, and represent it well. And that's something we've talked a lot about on this show is representation does matter. Um, yes, sir. I talked to Leah a few weeks ago, and um, it's huge when people can see themselves on film or, you know, even in a comic book. I mean, what would you, what would your 12-year-old self think if, if you knew one day you were going to get to write for Marvel? Um, it, yeah, that, that kind of stuff matters to kids these days. And, it, and I, hope, yeah. I hope it's, it's going to have that, continue that momentum and just be a wave. Yeah, dude, like, um, let me just show you something. Hold on. All right. So, my 12-year-old self, Billy Jack, Tom Laughlin, right? Yep. I saw Billy Jack as, like, a Bruce Lee slash Charles Bronson figure growing up at that time period. So, you know, on television, that was my guy, Tom Laughlin. And, 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 you know, we had Billy Jack and we had, um, amazing heroes like Jim Thorpe and, right. and uh, we had, you know, uncle John Trudell who was an amazing activist and poet. Uh, we had other folks like Russell Means. We had, you know, uh, people like Jim Plunkett, who was in the NFL, we had, we had people representing for us, but not to the level where we're at now. Um, so my 12 year old self would probably be in awe to have Marvel attached, but not only Marvel, but having characters that are modern and kick-ass characters that have a connection to my personal story. If you, have you seen the, the book, uh, Werewolf by Night? Yeah, I've seen some of it. I, I haven't gotten a copy of it yet. Well, yeah, Werewolf by Night. Actually, I put my grandmother in the book. So there's a, there's a page in there. Granny Rora is my grandmother. So Jake Gomez, I'm Jimmy Gomez. I just kind of just flipped my own personal story 
and made myself a werewolf, right? That was something that Benny B. Earl and, and myself, my, my partner, we made it a point to have representation, but do it where it's like a personal story so that when we're doing panels and interviews, I'm talking from a personal experience of my connection with my native roots because Jake Gomez is native and Mexican. That's his ancestry. And that's, that's my story as well. So to answer your question, my 12-year-old self would be freaking out if I said, hey, eventually you're going to be writing not just one book, but many books at Marvel. And the newest book, Kashala, Spirit, Spirit Rider, it's just a direct like nod to the matriarch system. Having my grandmother, my mom, now my wife, and then my daughter be that, that, you know, that voice and that representation of the matriarch system. And I think that is, it's really, you, I think you brought up a good point. It's, representation is amazing, but now it's not only that you can look to screens or books and see indigenous representation, but now we're hearing indigenous stories told by indigenous people. And yes. that's even, that's even bigger to me. Um, you know, yeah. when you watch Res Dogs and you see them, you know, the scene about beadwork and stuff. I mean, that's, that's not something that's ever been on TV before. Um, those are, same thing. Uh, with I mean, even, yeah. even the, the slang, Skoden, Studis, right. you know, like this is like Studis, you know, like these are the type of things that when you hear that fry bread would stand uh, with that song about fry bread, like these are amazing ways for folks that maybe they're not, if folks that are watching that are not native, they're like, wow, what, what's so funny about that? Well, it's an inside joke, but also it, it's very traditional. And when people get an understanding and we have that cultural exchange, that's when the information is received. For so many years, there's been a misconception that native people, all they do is wear feathers and war paint. Like that's, if you're a non-native, you, that's like the misconception that you probably have. So it's cool that we can educate, inform, and have a cultural exchange and do it in a very authentic, genuine way where it's like, you know, we, we got to teach each one, teach one. Yeah. And that was one of the things I talked with Leah about is it's really cool to see a, a, a story like that come to Rutherford Falls and there not be a powwow scene. I mean, yeah. that to me was incredible. I mean, how many other movies or TV shows have been done about natives and there's always a powwow scene and, as much as I love it, you know, from being from powwows.com, but to be able to tell stories and not have that that scene, that was great. That was great. Yeah, man. I mean, like, I I put little uh, personal nods to you know my my appreciation. I'm hoping in Shoshone, my appreciation for little items that were at my grandmother's house and J.C. Shelton, who's a, a Hopi relative, he helped us with the consulting on that. You know, because he's from the res perspective. I was born in the city. So my only connection to my roots was my grandmother and we're in Los Angeles. So I didn't really know a res life growing up, but I learned and I'm still learning. I'm educating myself and it's okay to not know everything. I'm an unapologetic native kid. That's just barely learning as much as I can. I'm going to stumble along the way, but it's okay. I'm vulnerable enough to say, I don't know everything, but I'm willing to learn. And I'm, I don't have an ego about it, but I, I just want to be able to represent as much as possible. That's why I bring cult, cultural consultants all the time, man. I can't speak for every nation or tribe. I'm a voice, but I don't speak for all of us. You know, I just speak as one of us. And that's the important thing is when you're able to bring folks like, for example, Kashala is Apache. I'm not Apache, so I can't speak on that with an authentic representation. So I brought in my Apache brother from the San Marcos tribe uh, band. Uh, his name is Tony Duncan. 
And so I brought him in to kind of give us that that connection, but also highlight him as a hero in Indian country. That's great. And I think, and that's the the next logical step in this representation is now not only we're going to tell indigenous stories, but we're going to start telling Navajo stories and you know actual tribal stories, and that that's mm-hmm. going to be a really amazing thing to see that come. Yeah, it's it's a blessing, dude, and and I'm just uh, I'm glad. I mean, I'm immersed in it. Uh, every day is a learning experience for me. I'm glad that I can share that information with my kids. And, you know, my kids are, are native Mexican and Filipino. Um, my wife is Filipino. So it has a lot of cultural exchange within my family and we learn from each other. And, you know, we went to the Philippines and learned about her, her, uh, um, uh, province where her family was brought up in. And it was amazing because my kids know my side because I'm always talking about it. And my, my wife talks about her side. So it's a beautiful cultural exchange. <clears throat> and so now you're writing a book about identity, I mean, which is, you know, so important in this representation. How did this project come about? So um, a kid's book is an amazing partnership because not only did I get to write uh, this, this great book, I also got to invest in this company. It's a multimedia company. Um, and it's not just books. It's a podcast. Eventually it'll be TV a movie, like we're just going to continue growing this, this amazing multimedia uh, platform. And I got to write this book because my kids, I, I wanted to do something to inspire my kids. I'm in the kid space, man. And I'm just being 100% honest with you. Yep. Black Eyed Peas is an amazing vehicle with my music. I do this for the world with Black Eyed Peas. But now with my act too, just like Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, did after he stopped playing basketball and when he retired, he focused on kids programming, kids books, you know, documentaries, multimedia uh, programming that he was going to release and and launch. Um, I'm kind of on that same trajectory because I was inspired by his movement and what he did to give back to, to his daughters and inspire other kids. Same thing I'm doing, man. So book about identity was something that I've dealt with since I was a kid, like being multicultural, being not being Mexican enough and not being native enough, not being from the res, being from the city. Are you urban native? Well, you're not born in Mexico. You're born in East L.A. What are you? You're indigenous, not indigenous. So it's all this crazy, you know, banter back and forth in my head growing up and not really knowing who I was on an ethnic side, uh, on a multicultural level until I started really understanding and embracing both cultures and knowing the indigenous perspective and the ancestry of both cultures before colonization, um, how powerful being indigenous is and being a voice. So I said to myself, you know, I want to make it inclusive by not just writing a book about ethnicity or background. We can talk about identity within gender, uh, faith, spirituality, um, you know, uh, when you find your crew and you find your identity within your crew, just like I do with Black Eyed Peas, like we found our identity as a group, as brothers, and then we individually found our identities outside of Black Eyed Peas as well. Yeah. And you're talking about kids. It's been fun. My daughter's 17. And that's one of the things that has been fun to watch is her find her crew. Um, yep. And really then she's really come into her own and found her own identity. So, yeah, that's so huge. Um for, for kids to, to know that there's, you don't have to know all the answers. Like you said earlier, you don't have to know all the answers at, at 12 or 14, but it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And, and honestly, it's something that I've come to grips with. Like, I'm not going to appease everybody. I can't. That's the, the, the thing that I learned in Indian country is like, you can't please everybody. There's going to be some people who say you just stepped on a landmine when you're trying to be of service and it's not 
you know, I don't take it personal because I know that, like I said, I'm unapologetic about not knowing everything. Like I don't, it's like, dude, all I'm trying to do is give back and use this amazing blessing and partnerships and opportunities like a kid's book about or Marvel comics. I'm always going to give back to Indian country, even my flow water, um, uh, right, partnership. Right. it's about honoring, but also giving back to tribal communities where the water is sourced from responsibly, because that's my mission. That's been my thing since, you know, since I beat cancer, like I dedicated my life outside of black IPs to be able to put Indian country on the map in any way that I can as a voice. It, I do have to ask, I mean, you know, it was, um, to read about your battle and, and to hear you talk about it, how are you now? Everything good? Healthy? Everything's good. Yeah, everything's good. My health is is uh, is good. I just went to uh, to see my doctor a month ago, um, and he was like, "You're right on track. You know, just make sure you stay on on course." Um, as far as the cancer thing, it's always in the back of my mind. I'm not gonna lie to you. There's so much there's so much trauma that I experienced uh, during that time period, mentally and physically. Um, but I try to keep uh, a very positive and optimistic mindset especially because I have a wife and kids to keep on living for. I got so much story to tell, so much life to live. Um, but yeah, man, like I'm blessed that I haven't had any uh, major um, health issues besides that. Um, so I'm good. That's great. And right now things are crazy with, with the world health. So I know. And that's, that's another thing is you got to be so mindful and cautious, especially from the thing that i battled in 2014 and knowing that my immune system is, is, uh, is weak. Um, I'm, what do they call it? Underli- underlying, uh, conditions. Yeah. 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 So underlying conditions. So that for me, I have to be extra cautious and careful and, and just be mindful that I am, I live in a, in a house with a wife and kids. So I don't ever want to, uh, have a misstep where I get sick and then my whole family gets sick. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, so it's one of those things you just have to look out for. Um, it's a crazy time we're living in right now. Um, all right. So the book's coming out. Is, has, is it out yet? It's out. It's out at the end of September. Right now, we're just like trying to get as much buzz going. You know, I'm posting about it. A kid's book uh, is posting about it. So we're trying to build an organic momentum. You know, you have Black IPs fans uh, chiming in and you have all these support systems from from uh, different parts of the world. And also a kid's book is, is very supportive on bringing interviews and, and different opportunities to talk about the book, but also the partnership and the, uh, the investment side of things. Awesome. And I have to ask too. Um, so have you, have you been able to take the band and some of those folks out to a powwow or anything? Have, have you been able to give them that experience? You know what? They haven't dude. Like I, I've taken my family, of course, that's, you know, that's without, without question, but, um, one thing that we did do as a group that I was, I spearheaded was performing at the first, uh, indigenous people's day in Los Angeles. Nice. So group black IPs performed with Redbone. So oh, we wow. had privilege and the honor of performing at the first indigenous people's day. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. great. That's cool. Yeah. You got to get them out there and get, get them some fry bread. I know. Right. Yeah. Get them some fry bread. Yeah. Come down to gathering in, in April. Um, That'd be, that'd be good. Um, all right. Well, thank again. Thanks for spending the time with me. It, it's amazing um, to see you really use your voice and, and to use your platform um, and, and not just from a, really a passive side, but you are out there, you're doing the work, you're out there with the people. Um, so thank you for that. And uh, thank you for the time. Uh, and thank you, man. 
Yeah, I'll, and I make sure I'll put notes uh, and links to the book and uh, your, your other projects too. Uh, anything else that that is coming up? Anything else you that what's next for you and what's going on now? Yeah, uh, so right right now we're getting ready to uh, to go on the road. We're going to do a couple of dates uh, coming up. Um, we actually leave on the 16th, and we're very uh, proud that we got eight nominations for the Billboard Awards, the Latin Billboard Awards, and we'll be participating in that on the 23rd um we'll be there and also we'll be performing for the first time in egypt on in uh late september which is going to be amazing because we've never we've never performed in egypt let alone perform in front of the pyramids so we will be in giza performing in front of the pyramids wow that's a that's an amazing opportunity um yeah Oh, that's well, congrats on the nominations and I can't wait to see that performance. I hope, hope there'll be some footage out there that we can see over here. Um, oh, for sure, man. I appreciate the love and support and please follow me on Twitter, tab B-E-P, T-A-B-B-E-P. On Instagram, it's taboo, T-A-B-O-O. And then, you know, Black Eyed Peas, uh, at B-E-P. So stay tuned for new music, new books, uh, new content in the kids space. I'm excited about the future and being in the kids space because you know, I do this for my kids to inspire them and then to inspire millions of kids and families around the world. That's a great platform. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Appreciate it. was that to get a chance to talk with a music legend so i appreciate taboo spending some time with us all right as promised here is this week's question the new show reservation dogs on hulu is become a big hit and we've interviewed mike mike bone little mike and funny bone from the show So one of the things the show has highlighted and kind of made popular is some slang words that maybe you've heard, maybe you haven't. So here's this week's trivia question. One of the words that is becoming really popular right now, in fact, we've got some T-shirts and stickers of it, is SCODEN, S-K-O-D-E-N. Head over to powwowlife.com, www.powwowlife.com, Scroll down, and there's a box to enter the trivia question, and let me know what that word means. All right, there's your tri- trivia question for this week. And if you if you enter correctly, you'll be put into a drawing to win a prize pack of Powell's.com stickers and other merch. So good luck. Also want to say a special thank you to our Powell Nation supporters. You guys out there in Powell Nation have made powwows.com what it is over these 25 years and our supporters are doing that through monthly contributions if you want to join them head over to powwownation.com i'd love to have you join this exclusive community they are really helping move powwows.com forward and i really appreciate all that support one of the things we're trying to do like i said earlier is get to more powwows in 2022 and stream those powwows 
and it's going to take a little bit of money to be able to send those teams out. So if you'd like to see more webcasts and more live streams of powwows, please consider making a monthly contribution over at www.powwownation.com. All right, everybody, I'm Paul Gowder, and we do this every Tuesday. Really appreciate the support, and I hope to see you at one of our live streams or somewhere else online. I hope to get to meet you, maybe even at a powwow one day. Have a great week, and I will see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Power Life podcast from powwows.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get notified of our next episode. Find a powwow near you by visiting www.powwows.com forward slash calendar. Support powwows.com by visiting www.powwownation.com. Here's this week's trivia question. You can head over to powwowlife.com to fill out the form and submit your answer. All the right answers are entered into a drawing for a 10-sticker powwows.com sticker pack. Here's the question. This year, we are celebrating a big milestone. We have been live streaming for a number of years. So tell me, what year was the first year we streamed and what was the first powwow we streamed? If you've been listening or following our content, you should be able to find it. Good luck. Powwowlife.com to submit your answer. What was the first powwow and what year did we first live stream? Good luck and thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week.